everybody. This is David Perkins. You're listening to the Desperation Podcast. Join us this summer for the Desperation Conference at New Life Church in Colorado Springs, July 9th through 11th. For more information and resources, go to desperationonline.com. Everybody say heartbeat of heaven. Come on, shout it out at me. Say heartbeat of heaven. Hey, so you guys, we have been in this series. This is week five of this series. And uh, I think I shared this with you guys two weeks ago. Someone said, well, you know, Pastor Brandon just preached like the same thing that he preached like last week. I mean, it's like kind of like the same. Yeah, that's the point. Okay. And so and so many times, even whenever Jesus would teach, he would teach very effectively until the people actually started responding and doing what it is that he was calling them to do. And so tonight we're concluding this series, I think. Who knows? I don't know. I'm planning on concluding this series tonight, but we have got to get to this place, you guys. And we've done, you see, I mean, EKG things on the walls and, 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 and this whole series. I'll review with this in, in a few minutes. And, um, and we'll, we'll conclude this night in a real special way. But the whole idea is that the word of the Lord would burn with such strength and fire in your hearts that it would actually move you to a place of action. Amen? That wasn't strong enough. Amen? We're not here just to hear cute messages. We're not here just to hang out. There are people dying and going to hell every single day. And God has called us to effect change in our different spheres of influence. Can I get an amen? Amen. Amen. So before I get into the word tonight, I'm, I'm so excited about sharing this um, the gospel is being preached all over the world. There are incredible men and women all across the nations that are serving Jesus and loving him well. And tonight we just have a very special guest, a new friend I just met. Uh, every, most of you guys know uh, Mr. Dean Miles. He has a friend in from, uh, from the Congo, and his name is Brother Kenneth. And I just want him, he felt like he had a word from the Lord for us. Um, and so I just want him to come and just briefly share real quick and encourage us. Y'all give Brother Kenneth a hand as he comes. Thank you so much. Uh, my name is Kenneth, and I'm from Africa. And uh, I'm excited to be here. Uh, I told Dean Myers that I feel like home in this place. I feel like I'm back in Africa. In Africa, when we praise the Lord, we jump. In Africa, when we praise the Lord, we, we shout. Well, in Africa, when we, we, we are in the presence of the Lord, we are not shy about it. We are proud that we are in the presence of the Lord. And so this afternoon, this evening, I went up under the 6 p.m. prayer time. And I thought, looked around and said, am I here or am I in Africa? When we pray, we move. When we pray, we, we pray in tongues. We, it's, we, we are proud of that because it's scriptural. It's not out of the Bible. And so when I came here and those singing, I felt God telling me that you are in the right place. You are, you are not in a wrong. If there's any place you can go and hang out, it's this place. I also felt God telling me that God wants to raise the standard of New Life Church from where it has been to another level and is going to use you. Praise the Lord. And so... A generation, a generation is going to come out of you that will not only shake your church, but will shake your city and will shake your country. Praise the Lord. And so don't take being here for granted. 
don't take being part of this church for granted. And don't take serving the Lord for granted. My prayer is that I will see you five, ten years from now when you are serving God in a powerful way. Praise the Lord. And my friend talked about, um, you know, going back, doing something back to the community he served. I'm a missionary in the Congo. Congo is a country that very few people want to go to. But when God knocked on my door, I said I can't stay in the lifestyle I was living in. I said I need to go where nobody wants to go and serve God. And so even as you grow, as you go to college, as you finish college, keep connected with God. Keep your Wi-Fi connected with God. That when he knocks, when he sends you an email, you will not miss it. And you say, here I am, Lord, send me. May God bless you. Hallelujah. God bless you. Thank you for being here. How's that? So much going on tonight. Y'all doing all right? Don't y'all love it? I just love it. I love serving God. I love what he's doing in our midst here at DSM. And I am so, so glad that every single one of you are a part of it. So whether this is your first time, and I met even several of you who were like, hey, I mean, I haven't been around here in a long time. I'm just here to tell you, welcome back. Welcome home. Come every week. Don't feel like you're an outsider. Come on. We're the people of God. We're family around here. And God's doing great things. So we're honored that you're here. So let me just catch you up. I want to preach not too long tonight because we want to spend some time at the end of this service really giving you an opportunity to really respond to the word that God is going to um, speak to us tonight. Again, for the last five weeks, we've been talking about this idea of the the heartbeat of heaven. And and week one, we started off and we talked about Jesus and Jesus at the age of around 12 or 13 saying, I must be about my father's business. I'm here for a mission. I'm here on purpose. I have to live with purpose. And we talked about living strategically, which means starting from the beginning with the end in mind. We don't just kind of coast through life. We don't just kind of float because God has called us to fly and to soar as eagles. Amen. And so, and so this whole idea, Proverbs 1130, he who wins souls is wise. So we go throughout our day and we go throughout our week and we go throughout our junior, our junior high years and our high school years. And then through your twenties, thirties and forties, thinking about Lord, who can I bring to heaven with me? Lord, who can I share the gospel with? Lord, who can I share the love of God with? Lord, who can I bless this week in my community, in my school? Who can I invite to DSM? Who can I pray with in the middle of the grocery store? Who can I pray with in a drive-thru at McDonald's? How can I be of service for the kingdom of God so that I can bring as many people with me as possible to heaven? And so we talked about that. So just just week one and week two, we talked about the, 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 the Samaritan woman who was at the well and how Jesus crossed over every cultural line. It was taboo for him to talk to this woman, but he did not care because he was so infused with purpose. So we talked about this idea of going to your Samaria. Who is your Samaria? Who are the people in your school that you don't, wouldn't normally associate with, but for the sake of the gospel and for the cause of Christ, you say, I don't care. I'm willing to step across this line and go to my Samaria and share the love of God with the weirdo who sits across the classroom that nobody associates with. 
And then week three, we, we came back and, and we talked about Peter who, who messed up. He, 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 he flipped. I mean, he, he messed the whole thing up. Peter who, who said, Jesus, I will never deny you before the cock will crows. He denied Jesus three times. But we talked about the reality that though we may be fallen, we are not finished. So it doesn't matter where you are. If you've denied Jesus, if you didn't take opportunities to share the love of God, you may have fallen, but that you're not finished. And how Jesus came to Peter and served him fish on the side of the seashore and told him, Peter, do you love me? Feed my sheep. Do you love me? Feed my sheep. Do you love me? Feed my sheep. Go out and get up and give this thing another try again, Peter. Get up from where you are, Peter. You're not a failure. You may have made a mistake, but you are not your mistakes. You are not your past, Peter. Pastor David came to us last week and talked about loving until it hurts. Loving the unlovable simply because it's what Jesus Christ would do, even the non-cool kids. And so tonight I want us to go a little bit deeper. I want to read for one simple passage of scripture, a familiar passage for some of us in Isaiah chapter 6. I'll give you a title and we'll get to a few points here and we'll talk about this in a a deeper way. So Isaiah chapter 6, if you have your Bibles, you can turn there or pull it out on your iPhone, your iPad, your Joy, whatever. Or it'll also be on the screen. Isaiah chapter 6. And I want to start at verse 1 and read verses 1 through 6. Okay? Here we go. Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1. In the year that King Uzziah died, I had a vision of the Lord. And he was on his throne high above. And his robe filled the temple. Flaming creatures... With six wings, each were flying over him. They covered their faces with two of their wings and their bodies with two more. And they used the other two wings for flying. And as they shouted, holy, holy, holy. I should have had the guy from the thorn come and do it because it was so much. Wasn't that crazy? Holy, holy. You know, wasn't that great? Okay, great. Okay, so Lord, all powerful. The earth is filled with your glory. Verse 4, as they shouted, the doorposts of the temple shook and the temple was filled with smoke. Verse 5 says, then I cried out, I'm doomed. Our King James Version says, woe is me. Everything I say is sinful and so are the words of everyone around me. Yet I have seen the king. The Lord, all-powerful. Verse 6 says, One of the flaming creatures flew over to me with a burning coal that it had taken from the altar with a pair of metal tongs. 7 says, It touched my lips with the hot coal and said, This has touched your lips. Your sins are forgiven and you are no longer guilty. Verse 8 says, After this, I heard the Lord ask, Is there anyone I can send? Will someone go for us? I'll go, I answered, send me. I'm going to preach you from a message tonight that I've just simply titled, Knowing While Going. Knowing While Going. In week five of this Heartbeat of Heaven series, bow your heads with me as we pray. Father, I thank you so much for the word of God tonight. The word that has the power to save us, heal us, cleanse us. Fill us, deliver us, convict us, strengthen us, 
It's all in your word tonight. So I pray that you would come and breathe on your word afresh, Lord Jesus, so that we may leave here changed, looking more like Jesus Christ with the heartbeat of heaven beating in our chest. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen, amen. Amen. All right, so in this, in this particular passage of Scripture, you guys, we're talking about this great prophet. He would be known as one of the many major prophets in the Old Testament. His name is obviously Isaiah. It is his book that he wrote. So Isaiah, the nation of Israel at this point in time, is separated into two kingdoms. Everybody say, two kingdoms. Got them like two, 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 what are they called, factions? Anybody seen Divergent? Yeah, what the factions or I don't know, factions. Okay, it's gonna be like two factions. Well, minus everything else in Divergent. Okay, so there, so, so two different factions or two distinct kingdoms, the northern and the southern kingdom, which is often called Judah. Okay, and so so verse one, whenever whenever Isaiah is talking, he says, "I saw, I saw, is that Caleb? Caleb King, what are you doing?" Oh my gosh. I'm like, I saw, I saw, I saw Caleb King. How you doing, bud? Okay, if y'all don't know Caleb King, Caleb King served junior high. Y'all know him. Look at them, they know you. Caleb King is one of our amazing DLA alumni. I guess you're in town for the prayer summit. I love you. You didn't even tell me you were coming. This is a surprise. Okay, whatever. So Caleb King served two years in G- junior high. He disciples so many of our junior high guys. That's why they were standing up and clapping. I love you. I'm so glad you're here, bud. I saw Caleb King. All right. Okay, great. So, great. So verse one, as Isaiah is talking, he says, in the year the King Isaiah died, I saw, I saw the Lord. And so this really speaks of Isaiah. The big idea here is that he had vision. It speaks of vision. And so I want to ask you right now, what is it that you are seeing in your own life as it relates to the kingdom of God, as it relates to your walk with Jesus, as it relates to this whole idea of the the heartbeat of heaven? What are you seeing right now? See, we do not know much about Isaiah, you guys. However, we do have slight insights into his character and who he was. So one of the things about Isaiah that we do know is that he's an advocate for justice and and he speaks a lot about God's anger against oppression and the poor. We see that in Isaiah chapter 3 verse 15. And then then also in Isaiah chapter 1, we see that he preaches against idolatry and vain worship. So anytime people were just kind of fake worshiping or worshiping idols, Isaiah would show up on the scene and say, you definitely need to repent. You need to change your ways. A third thing we know about Isaiah is that, is that he's known as one of the, uh, one of the prophets. So he's a, he's a spokesperson for God to the nation of Israel in the old Testament. And so three vital things that are mentioned here, all concern, concern Isaiah's experience with the Lord in this particular vision that he has. Number one, he says, I saw the Lord and the Lord was seated on a throne. Seated on a throne, the throne is a place of supreme royalty and kingship. And so what Isaiah was saying, even in this vision, is that Isaiah had an understanding of who God was, not only in his life, but as God relates to the entire earth. 
See, God was not to be mistaken to have resided inside of some temporary temple that the Israelites had constructed for him. He was instead seated on a literal throne. He was a true king, a real king that Isaiah sees in this vision. Number two, he says, I saw the Lord seated on a throne and he is high and exalted. This speaks of the sovereignty of God. See, God, Isaiah understood that God is all powerful. He's able to enjoy an aerial view. And so while we have a very limited view of even your situation or the things that are happening in your life or even some of the things that happen in the earth right now at our city, in your school, God has a unlimited aerial view. He's able to look down and see how this whole thing plays out. And so he says, God, I know that you are a true king. You're a real king. You're a literal king who is seated upon a throne. And number two, you are high and exalted. You are not like man in any degree. And number three, the Bible says, and the train of his robe filled the temple. See, the location in the temple suggests worship. See, this is essential before we can do anything for the Lord. Now, listen to me well. I'm all about different uh, different service projects or different humanitarian efforts and just being kind and nice to people. But it doesn't amount to a whole lot if there's no personal, vibrant worship life. You see what I'm saying? Because it's in the place of worship that you gain revelation, that you're actually able to be authentic in your service for the kingdom of God. Before that point, you're just a, you're just a sham. It's just a cover-up. It's going to run out because you're operating in, in of your own strength instead of the grace and the supernatural strength of God. This, was, this is why you're tired whenever people are kind to you and you just get tired of being kind to them. And so you're mean and you're nasty and you don't go out of your way to serve people because it has to come from a place of divine and real encounter with the God-man, Jesus Christ. Once you have a worship life, there is something that infuses your heart to where you actually begin to care about those around you. You're not the selfish little sucker you once were because what happens is you, your heart begins to expand and you say, you know what? This is my city. You know what? This is, this, this is my school. The Lord has placed me here. And as surely as God said to Joshua, everywhere where the, where the sole of your feet touches can be claimed from my kingdom, Joshua, as surely as God said it to Joshua, he is saying it to us, DSM. Do you guys get this tonight? Yeah. And so we're not to move forward in, in some timid, little shy motion. We move forward confident in our God, knowing that everywhere I walk, I can claim this ground as territory for the kingdom of God. So drugs don't have to run rampant in my school. Not as long as I'm there, not as long as the spirit of God is alive and well on the inside of me. Because I say in the name of Jesus Christ, this area, this territory, this region, this school belongs to the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'll prophesy it until I see it. I'll speak to dry bones. Come on, Ezekiel. I'll speak to dry bones until I see dry bones get up, dance, and live again. But you don't just get that kind of confidence hanging out on the, on the, on the outer courts of God's presence. You get that confidence from the holy place of saying, Lord, I don't want anything to hold me back. I don't want anything to keep me back from you. I want all of you. And I know that you, God, you want all of me. So I give it to you freely. Does that make sense? 
It's the heartbeat of heaven. Heartbeat of heaven. We talked about this idea that that our time here is, is limited. Your friend's time here on planet Earth is limited. The Bible says tomorrow is not promised. The Bible says that, you know what, life is but a vapor. We're here today and possibly quite, possibly gone tomorrow. And so we have this window of time that we call Zoe in the Greek, life. And what are we going to do about it? Because every single one of us will have a moment where it kind of runs out. And so we do everything we can for the kingdom of God. We live strategically with the end in mind. We don't just kind of cruise through our teenage years. No, we actually pray for the lost. And we pray before we go to school saying, God, who, who can I win for the kingdom today? Who can I sow into today? Who can I water? Maybe someone else has sown a seed, as Paul talks about. One sows the seed, another waters the seed, and God gives the increase. Who is it, Lord, that you want to increase if I just water today? Because Proverbs 11.30 is still crying out to us. He who wins souls is wise. But just like this CKG is kind of going here. At some point, you guys, it's going to run out. At some point, you're going to stand before Jesus. And you'll have to give an account. These are the people that I ignored. These are the people who were just too much of a hassle. Ugh. These are the people, nobody else cared about them, so I didn't either. These are the people who looked a little bit differently than me. They didn't really run around in my friendship group, so I mean, really, were they my responsibility? There are some of us who will be able to say, Jesus, these are the people that I loved well and I and actually cared about them the way that you care about them. gotta run out you guys and so the heartbeat of heaven is saying lord you know what before my time expires here i'm gonna serve you and i'm gonna serve you well i'm gonna share the gospel i'm gonna share the love of god with those around me verse two you guys in the king james it says uh seraphims with six wings each were flying over him they covered their faces with two of their wings and their bodies with two more and, and with two they were flying. It's interesting because seraphs, this is the only place, seraphim, the only passage where angels are referred to as seraphs. And seraphs in the Hebrew literally means burning ones. It was the burning ones that were around the throne of God. Two wings they covered their face. Two wings covering their face suggests an awesome respect for the glory of God. See, see they had a burning fire but they could not even look into the fullness of the glory of God. There was a covering, there was a respect, there was this awe of being in the presence of a holy God. And Isaiah is just looking at this vision and just taking it all in. And, and then the Bible says with two wings, they, they covered their feet. And in Hebrew times, covering their feet even was a sign of humility. 
And so one, there was this deep reverence for the presence of God that these seraphims had. And then on another level, it was this deep humility that they had for the Lord. And then with two wings, they flew, which signifies instantaneous obedience. The moment, you see what I'm saying? The moment God tells you to do so, you say, yes, Lord, I am quick to obey because delayed obedience is disobedience, right? Obedience. In verse 3, the exact number of angels isn't given. We can assume that it was a host of angels, probably, probably a host of them, and the glory of God all around, and manifestations of the glory of God in verse 4. And verse 5 is where I want to look at tonight. In the King James, I think it, it more brings it home, this idea where, where, where Isaiah is seeing all of this. And then he says, then I cried out, woe is me, for I am a man undone. I am a man who is unclean. And let's think about this for a moment. If there's anybody who could claim being clean in that day and hour would be the great prophet Isaiah, right? I mean, he was a mouthpiece for the Lord and he was living right by all of our standards. But in the presence of a holy God, Isaiah had the right response. Oh God, compared to your perfection of beauty and compared to your holiness, woe is me. I'm in the presence of something, someone holy, altogether different than anything I've ever seen or experienced in my entire life. He realized he was in the presence of a holy one. This this experience changed him, you guys, forever. This experience marked him forever. Woe is me. Again, it's interesting because this is the same message that he had been preaching to the Israelites previously. Woe are you, Israel. Woe are you for for having idols. Woe are you for, for, for worshiping different things besides God. But the message has somehow become so real to him in the presence of the Lord that a deep conviction of the message he was sharing fell on this prophet. See, revelation occurs in the presence of God. This is why worship is a big deal to us around here. This is why even next Wednesday night, we're going to just have a a night of worship. The DSM team is just going to lead us in the presence of God. We'll spend time, just extra time here, just worshiping God. Why? Because that's where revelation begins to occur. That's whenever the light bulbs kind of start going off because you're in the presence of a holy God. And all of a sudden, he begins to illuminate your spirit with revelation, illumination, revelation. And then the lights go on. You say, oh, I get it. I'm a son of God. I don't have to live this way anymore. I don't have to be involved in all of these chains of bondage. I'm a daughter of the most high God. The things that he cares about, I care about. The way that he loves me, I'm going to love myself and I'm going to love others. And his heart now becomes my heart. Does this make sense to you? It's in his presence that you get that, you guys. Does that make sense? So even the person next to you, the boyfriend or the girlfriend, he's, oh, yeah, you're you're, you're cool, but he is great. He is awesome. He has changed my life. And if you don't love him, I don't, I don't have time for you. I don't, just move on. You see what I'm saying? It's in his presence that revelation occurs, you guys. In verse 6, response of the angel signifies what happens when we confess our sins. Verse 6 says, one of the flaming creatures flew over to me with a burning coal that it had taken from the altar with a pair of metal tongs. It touched my lips with the hot coal and said, this has touched your lips. Your sins are forgiven and you are no longer guilty. One of the lies of the enemy, you guys, one of the chains, one of the ways of bondage that, or the ways in which the enemy loves to keep us in bondage is the stamp of guilty on your heart. I'm talking about after you've confessed to the Lord and after you've laid down your sin. 
And guilt inevitably leads to shame, which always leads to unworthiness, which always leaves you in a place of feeling, I'm not good enough. There's no way that God can actually use me. Now, I'm not saying, now, if you haven't repented, you are well guilty. Uh, (laughs) That is guilt. That is the conviction of the Holy Ghost saying, you're guilty. You need to get right. You see what I'm saying? But I'm saying, after you've repented, 1 John 1 and 9, if you confess your sins to the Lord, he is faithful and he is just to forgive you of your sins and to cleanse you of all unrighteousness. That's 1 John 1, 9. And so once that happens, it's a big not guilty that's stamped across your heart. I'm not guilty. This is the gospel. This is the beauty. This is why it's such great news. I'm not guilty anymore. I'm not guilty. His blood makes me not guilty. So get away from me, you lying devil. Come on, somebody. But you've got to have, you guys, we can, so, so you're really not going to effect change in your world until you first encountered the change of the love of God in your own hearts. To where you can see in yourself what God has placed on you is powerful. You are anointed. You are called. First Peter says this. You are a chosen generation, a holy nation. You are called to show forth the praise of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Come on, somebody. And so, so we, it's an exciting thing, really. It's not just hyper-emotionalism. This is the reality of who we are. We are the people of God. And we are pressing forward. And we have purpose. And we have vision. And we have calling on our lives. So we can't, just, we can't just harm ourselves and inflict it. No, 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 I'm not going to cut. I'm not going to burn. I'm not going to do any of this. Because this is the temple of the Holy Ghost. I am worth more than, than the most valuable thing on earth. Rubies or diamonds or you name it. You're worth more. But until you get that revelation, you, you won't live in light of that truth. You'll believe a lie. But we want the heartbeat of heaven, you guys. Because if we can get the heartbeat of heaven then the presence of God and what the Spirit of God will do in our midst will be limitless. There will be a no-holds bar. Whenever we gather in this place and even whenever you leave from this place, such an infusion of power that it will be a life with no limits where God just shows up on your baseball team and as you're praying and the power of God just begins convicting people around you. Come on, can anybody dare to believe with me where you just show up in your classroom and people start asking you, who is the God that you serve? What is going on with you? Why are you so full of peace? Your family's falling apart. I know your story. Why are you so joyful? I know the things that you've done. You should be cutting, not me. And then you just say, you know what? I've been changed. I've honestly encountered the God, the living God, and he's changed my life. Guys, I'm so convinced. I heard a youth pastor say this years and years and years ago. Your change is not change until your change has changed someone else. Ask the Samaritan woman. The minute Jesus changed her, she goes and it turns an entire city upside down saying, come meet a man who has told me everything I've ever done. You've got to meet him. It's beautiful, you guys. So tonight, stages of of true worship. Think verse 1, wherever Isaiah says, I saw the Lord. First stage is upward vision. Seeing God. I'm not talking about seeing your failures and seeing your mistakes. We see enough of those. 
I'm talking about getting a clear vision of who God is. I mean, just the revelation alone, the truth that God really is good. Even as Gina and the team were singing over, I felt just the word of the Lord coming so strong in this place. He really is for you. He really is not against you. That is a lie from the pit of hell, and this culture has preached it too long, too strong for too long. It is absolutely a lie. We serve a God who really is for us. And that revelation will change everything about you. If you can live in light of, you know what? God is on my team. God is my biggest cheerleader. God is on the benches saying, go. You got the host of heaven cheering you on saying, you know what? This is not who you are. This is who you are. You are a child of God. You are holy. You are pure. You are righteous. You are blessed, not cursed. You have a favor of God. You know what? God really is for you. He really does want you to succeed in life. He does not want you to live a life full of brokenness and hardship and all this other junk. The devil is a liar. Jesus says, I've come to give you an abundant life that's filled with hope. It doesn't mean that we don't face challenging times, you guys, but he really did mean that. You can exegete it any way that you want to. Abundance means abundance. It means good. It means blessing. This is what Jesus died on a cross to give us. And it's so, I'm so sick and tired of seeing teenagers and young adults live below the standard of what Jesus Christ literally poured out blood for you to live in his presence. Why are we happy with anything else? Why would we be satisfied not seeing the power of God poured out in a supernatural way? Why would we be happy and rejoicing in the shallow places whenever God says, I have called you out into the deep things and I have spilled blood so that you can have a very real, vibrant, real, authentic relationship with me. I want you to hear my voice. I need you to hear my voice. So in my quiet time just yesterday about Mary and Pastor Brady preached so powerfully two weeks ago. Whenever he's talking about Mary and whenever Mary comes to the, to the area where the tomb was, the garden outside of the tomb, and it was Jesus standing there and she looks up and she doesn't recognize him because he's in his glorified state, whatever that means. And, and and she's having this conversation with him. And then Jesus just says one word, Mary. And the Bible says all of a sudden she recognizes I'm in the presence of my Savior. Why? Because he called her by her name. And there are so many of you even tonight. And the Lord has been doing it. But tonight you're just kind of choosing to respond where God is calling you by your name. And it goes from being a corporate move of God to a personal revival on the inside of you because you realize he knows me and he knows my name. He knows my name and he still loves me and he is still for me. And you may not be for me, but it really does not matter because he is for me. He's not against me. He knows your name. And his heart is beating out of his chest. Chasing after you. And if you already belong to him. At some point you've got to pick up that same heartbeat. 
for those around you. And your school and your gymnastics team and your volleyball team and your soccer team or your rugby team or your lacrosse team or your theatrical team or your taekwondo team or whatever team you're a part of, your homeschool co-op program, the Lord's heart is beating for them. And so at some point, we say, Jesus, I respond. I need your heartbeat. He knows you by your name, you guys. As the worship team comes, first thing, upward vision. I saw the Lord. The second thing, verse 5, Isaiah sees the Lord, and then he says, woe is me. I'm a man unclean. The second thing, the stages of true worship, is the inward vision. You can't have an accurate inward vision until you have the right upward vision. You see God, and then you see yourself for who you really are. Amen? And then once you, so, so, yeah, so you see God, you have an encounter with God. I see God. Lord, I see how good you are. Lord, I see how holy you are. I see the life that you're calling me to live. And then number two, I see myself. I see where there's a disparity between the two. This is where you are, and that's where you want me to be, an inward vision. This is where I am. And then once we get all of that changed, then we start moving in a direction, and then we, we, we have outward vision. We begin to see our world quite differently. And so that's Isaiah listening. And this is a beautiful picture. High Christology here. High Trinitarian, uh, even theology and philosophy found here. Because you have the, 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 the voice of God saying, who will go for, not me, who will go for us? And so you have a dialogue taking place with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit saying, who will go for us? And Isaiah's leaning in on this conversation. And can you just see Isaiah here in this vision say, I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. But we've got to realize what going means. Going means leaving the world behind. Going may mean leaving some friends behind. Going may mean leaving some relationships behind. Come on, if they're taking, if they ain't taking you up, they're taking you down. Let's just be real about it. Going may mean waking up a little bit earlier, spending some time with Jesus every day because you realize that you're in desperate need of him because you've had accurate inward vision. This is who I am, a filthy hot mess without you. Outward vision says, you know what? I'm a work in process. I'm a work in progress. You know what I'm saying? Ever seen those signs? Work in progress. That's me. That's you. That's us. It's a work in progress. <laughs> I'm not as trashy as I was a couple weeks ago. Thank God. And I won't be as trashy, you know, five, four weeks as I am today. It's a work in progress. But no matter what, I'll keep moving forward. So for the sake of the world, I'll keep moving forward. For the cause of Christ. I'll keep moving forward because there's a very real world that needs to hear about Jesus accurately because they've heard enough lies and they've seen enough lies in some of us. <laughs> For real honest, they've seen enough lies in your life, in our lives, in the way that we've lived, two-faced and hypocritical. Come on. Can we just be real tonight? Upward vision will lead to accurate inward vision. That will lead to accurate outward vision. So when people are mean and nasty to you, you'll understand, you know what? They really do need the love of God in their lives. Hurt people hurt other people. The heart of true prayer is revealed in this passage, you guys. Consciousness of the Lord leads to conviction of sin. 
Conviction of sin leads to confession of sin. Confession of sin leads to the cleansing of our sins. The cleansing of sins leads to a commitment. And commitment will always lead to commission. I am going out. My mission field is every day when I wake up and I go to school. Or my mission field is every single game that I played in. Bam, you just entered your mission field. This is not your mission field. You do well here, but this is not your mission field. Your mission field are the people who live next to you and the person that you still haven't shared Jesus with or all your thousands of Facebook friends who you just kind of post stupid statuses about or whatever. That's your mission field. And so if we're going to have the real heartbeat of heaven, if you haven't captured this yet, obviously we have skeleton. Because this is our city. Octavia and I have been home in Louisiana for the last for the last week and talk about confession I was confession to, confessing to the Lord how much I ate and just repenting and all sorts of things but thank you Lord there's grace he's for me I know that you're for me uh, we were but as we were even as we were down in Louisiana for last week and eating just incredible food uh, uh, coming back I just felt like uh, maybe one day or so before we were coming back and then it, I was reminded of it on the plane as we were flying back that you know what there's such a mindset and a mentality that we ought to have as the people of God. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Kingdom of God. The church is who we are, but kingdom is how we live. And we're here to rule and reign with Jesus Christ. Genesis is real. Genesis commandment to Adam. I've called Adam, I want you to rule and to reign in the earth. And that doesn't mean set up a throne <laughs> because Jesus showed us what ruling and reigning really is. It's to serve. And so it's almost paradoxical. But, but, but the big idea is that we're not here just to exist. We're not here to coexist with the devil and all of his plans. We're here for a takeover. John tells us very clearly, for this reason, the Son of God was manifested to destroy the works of the devil. For this reason, the Son of God was brought into the earth. Yes, God so loved us, but for this reason, the Son of God was manifested to destroy the works of the devil, not play and coexist with the works of the devil, not laugh at the works of the devil, not celebrate the works of the devil, not be fearful of the works of the devil in your school, but to destroy the works of the devil and make no mistake about it. We have a very real enemy. But through the power of God on the inside of us, infused with the power of the Holy Spirit, we can reign and rule over Him and take authority. That's what I'm talking about tonight. It's lame and boring whenever you just kind of lay down in sin and give up. The exciting journey is partnering with God, even in prayer. And saying, Lord, my school is yours. Every day, Jesus, give me a word for somebody. Help me to prophesy to somebody even today at school. You can't do that without the Holy Ghost. You can't do that without the Spirit of God leading you and guiding you and filling you with power. Amen? Just the heartbeat of heaven is what I'm talking about tonight, you guys. This makes sense to anybody? If you're feeling a little bit pumped up, I am here to pump you up, to tell you, you know what? This God has a plan for you, and it's so much bigger than some of the plans that you've been living you get into the plan of soul winning where you say, you know, it is my mission. I will find somebody this week who does not know Jesus. I will pray for them. I will love on them. If they're mean to me, it doesn't matter. I'll pray for them at home. And every time I see them, I'll just speak blessings over them, knowing that I am praying for you in the secret place. Does this make sense to anybody? So tonight, I want to end in a kind of a unique way, you guys. 
Tonight, as we've been talking about this for five weeks, the worship team is going to just lead us. Worship here for about 10 minutes or so. When our leaders to begin to move. In the Old Testament, many times after the Lord did something really powerfully, he would tell them, hey, I want you to build a memorial. Because I want you to remember what I did. It's not just for today what I did. It's for generations to come. So many times they would build a memorial. It would be made with heavy stones so that it can stay there for years and years and years, decades, centuries. And so in the same fashion, even tonight, we love to conclude our series around here with kind of these things, we just call them tokens. And our tokens tonight for the Heartbeat of Heaven series just simply say, your world is waiting on you. He who wins souls is wise. Proverbs 11:30, DSM Heartbeat of Heaven series, April 30th. And what, what this is, and it's, it's basically just a, what do you call this thing? A sand timer. And it's just to remind you that you don't have forever. You don't have 50 years to win your school to Jesus. You don't have 60 years to, to pray for the loss. You have a limited amount of time. And so every time you see this, I mean, put it somewhere where you, where you see it in your backpack or on your dresser or something. And I pray every time you see this, it would be a prompting in your spirit to say, you know what? I want to pray for the lost. I've got to win somebody for Jesus Christ. Flip it over and pray like for 60 seconds. It's a one minute timer. So you can literally just flip it over and say, okay, God, and just go through names of people that come to mind. The Holy Spirit is so faithful. You guys, if we pray, we will see revival around here. If you cry out to God, you will see souls for the kingdom of God. Even if you don't see it immediately, we are amazed. Octavia and I, and, and we have friends even from college that are in that. So we've been knowing them for years and years, dear friends from Louisiana. And we remember, Anisha is one of my closest friends from college. She'll tell you the many prayer walks and all night prayer meetings and praying over our student union and praying over anything that would move and anointing anything with oil we could get our hands on. Am I lying? Let me tell them. Come on. And so literally... And the praying, God, give us souls. Give us souls on our college campus. Give us souls. This college campus belongs to Jesus Christ because we're here. And just by the authority that God has given us, we can claim this area. We can claim this university for Jesus Christ and the souls that are here. So we pray that we want to be light. And so tonight, in just a minute, you can get up and we have various stations all around the room. And, and our leaders are just going to pray a quick prayer over you. Just ask, you know what, Lord? We just ask for an impartation. The burden of God. Let the burden of God become the burden of DSM. And when I say DSM, I'm talking about you. From the front to the back, from this side all the way to this side, we are DSM. Okay? And so we're not talking about something. So I'm praying, God, let the burden of the Lord become the burden of DSM. This is not just a cool place to hang out. We'll make that. We'll have lots of fun along the way. But this is to be a hospital. This is to be a place where people's hearts are literally transformed by the glory of God. Amen. What you're saying to your feet tonight. In addition to that, they're just going to give you this really cool card that we just kind of made up. Because we want to make this as easy as possible for you, you guys. This is, I'm not trying to be like, just anybody can do this. If you have a brain in your head, you can do this. If you have any kind of heart for the Lord, you can do this. And so we've, we're also going to give you 
at least one card. If, you, if you're going to give out more, take more. But it just says DSM. It tells when our services are. And it's just, hey, I would love to invite you. Hey, would you meet me at, at church next week? If you don't have a youth group already, don't be inviting all your friends that already go to youth group. That's lame, okay? Let's all go, like, let's, let's, let's kind of like reach outside of the box. You know what I'm saying? Let, let's like reach beyond our world and say, hey, do you go to church anywhere? Do you, it doesn't matter if you don't follow Jesus, if you love Satan, if you're, it doesn't matter, you're gay, you're lesbian, you're a, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Everybody's welcome here. Did y'all know that? Y'all, that may be shocking. That may be, I don't know. Everybody's welcome here. Okay, great. And so, so it's just a card that you can hand out to your friends and say, hey, I'd love for you to be a part. How can I be praying for you this week? What's one thing that I can pray for you for? Guys, I promise you, if we'll make his agenda our agenda, we'll see literally an outpouring that our city has never seen before. Because we want what he wants. Amen? Would you bow your heads real quick and let me pray. Father, we just thank you so much for what you're doing in and through us here. God, we sincerely ask you for a real burden for souls in a fresh way. We ask you tonight in the name of Jesus Christ that your heart would become our heart. God, we pray even tonight for Jesus to be revealed in our hearts, in our lives, in an even greater way. Lord, I thank you that as we have seen you, we can now accurately see ourselves and now we can really see our world around us. God, give us your heartbeat for our generation in Jesus' name. Amen.